0: Netcasts you love
1: From people you trust
0: This is Twit Bandwidth for Security Now is provided by AOL Radio at AOL.com podcasting This is Security Now with Steve Gibson Episode 111 for September 27, 2007, Open ID Precautions. Security Now is brought to you by Astaro, makers of the Astaro Security Gateway, on the web at www.astaro.com. And by Nerds On Site, looking to grow your IT service business? Find out how Nerds On Site can help. Visit IWantToBeANerd.com. This is Security Now, episode 111. That seems like uh, either an ominous or an auspicious number. I can't quite figure it out. Maybe Steve Gibson, our security guru, can decipher well, the numbers.
1: We know me with uh, you know all of the uh, pretty perfect passwords and all that stuff. I do like alliteration, so I suppose 111 is alliterative. And it's a binary, what, uh, 16? That's seven. That's seven. seven. Yep. Yeah, if we ever get to binary 16, uh, <laughs>
0: that's 65,635 podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that
1: would be podcast 1,111. Oh, that's right. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. It could happen. It I could suppose. happen if we keep up
0: our, this torrid pace. I'll tell you, our listeners want it. So there you go. What the heck? There you, there you go. So today we're going to talk about, well, we've talked about it before, OpenID, but maybe some caveats
1: Yes, um, I, I thought long and hard what to call this episode, and after putting it all together, I thought, okay, precautions is probably the right okay. word, uh, so we'll do that, but I've got a couple errata little bits I want to get to first. All right. um, as I said last week, when we sort of covered the issue prematurely... Uh, t- the day after people are listening to this, that is um, Thursday. The day after, on Friday, I'm receiving thanks to our listeners. The People's Choice Best Science and Technology Podcast. Woo! Woo! So yeah! Thank, All right. I want to thank a everybody
0: again. It's a party! You're a party! Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to be there. I'm celebrating now. That's good. Um, <laughs> have fun and, uh, That's really great. I'll I'll be <laughs> thinking of you on Friday when you
1: get that spe- award. Speaking of alliteration, we have John J i guess that's how i pronounce his name jjj he he posted in the grc news group just a little snippet that i thought was kind of fun he mentioned that he said actually ultraviolet uv tattoos which was what we discussed last week in our wacky number 13 uh are visible in ordinary light oh my son and i were just at a tattoo shop and he asked about getting one. The shop owner recommended against getting it in any place that was visible anyway for, quote, job application, unquote, reasons. Wow. He said that the tattoo, the tattoo would be dull but still visible. Uh, and so John says, so I wouldn't recommend getting a tattoo for security purposes. We need to and find then, an uh, invisible ink tattoo technology. There you go, exactly. And then a, a great friend of mine and past collaborator, uh, John Lundell, wrote to me. He and I correspond by email a lot, sort of with this tongue in cheek. He said, regarding tattoos, password revocation could be a literal pain in the butt. <laughs> and that's all.
0: That's all you need to say.
1: <laughs> Think about Exactly. It. Yep. Get your your butt cheek tattooed, <laughs> and you not want to. Re- you, you do not want password revocation for that. <laughs> I love it. Um is that it yep why that was easy Before- well you and I are when you and I are on a tight tight schedule today because we're doing two and then you're off to uh Vancouver so yeah, amber and I are uh, reunited uh tomorrow uh oh actually, how cool
0: as this airs we'll be doing a um a uh a, a, de- a kind of a mock debate i don't know how you could debate the subject of lcd versus plasma but she's going to take the lcd side and I'm going to take the plasma side and I'm betting amber knowing her was probably a you know, college debate champion. She's probably going to run me into the ground here, but it'll be fun. It'll be interesting.
1: She's probably doing lots of research, too. Uh, yeah, I um, no, uh, uh, Anyway,
0: <laughs> that'll be, uh, if if, uh, if you hear this before 11.30 a.m. Pacific time, and I'll make sure the podcast goes up before then so you have a chance to, uh, tune in at futureshop.ca. They're going to webcast it, and uh, I think a 1,000 people, they, exp- they they can handle a 1,000 people past that. I don't know if they'll... Oh, so do that. Yeah. But that'll yeah, be fun. So I'm just going up for the day and then I'm coming back on Friday and then I'm going back up on Monday. So fortunately, right. it's easy to get to Vancouver as you
1: know. So we're squeezing two recordings of podcasts in before your plane leaves in about an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> you got so. You our got our listeners don't have to worry about another 90 minute podcast. This we're going to be we're prolix. Gonna, right.
0: <laughs> but I do want to mention uh, our good friends at Astaro, the security gateway. Uh, that has been such a great supporter of security now, and we we, we support them right back because, well, frankly, we think Astaro is pretty darn good stuff. We've mentioned the available uh, that they're, they're available for non-commercial users, but don't forget if you're a small or medium business network and you need, as you as you, I guarantee you, you do superior protection from spam, viruses, hackers, but more than that, more than just a security device, you get complete VPN capabilities, you get intrusion protection, you get content filtering. An industrial strength firewall. You get server side client uh, encryption, all in an easy use, high performance uh, appliance. It is just the greatest. You should call Astaro right now. 877, the number four, Astaro. That's 877 427 8276. You can also visit them online at astaro.com and you could schedule a free trial of an Astaro security gateway appliance in your business. And yes, I'm not going to leave you non commercial types out. Astaro is a great think of it as a distribution, a security distribution that you could put on any PC, any beige box, and what do you get? I mean, you get that full protection. You get uh automatically, they used to charge, I think, seventy-nine Euros for the user subscription bundle. You get that for free now. All subscriptions. Astaro up to date. So you have the ultimate antivirus, anti-spam you know, security device. You get the Encryption, you get everything. Eight seven seven four two seven eight two seven six for commercial users. Visit astaro.com slash security now. If you're non commercial and you want to test drive the Astaro software on your own hardware. I have the Astaro uh, gateway box and it's just it's the easiest way to go. I mean it's just fantastic. Boy, what a sense of security and privacy and the VPN and oh just it's just wonderful. ASTARO.com. We do thank Astaro for their support of Security Now.
1: Uh, let's see. you want to talk about Spinrite a little bit here? Well, I don't want to slow things down because we're on limited time. Certainly all of our listeners have <laughs> heard lots of testimonials, and I'm getting lots of them, which I really appreciate. Uh, let's skip it this week oh. and get right into our content. Well, we'll just say, uh, buy Spinrite. <laughs> That's all I need to say.
0: If you, uh, you know, It's the ultimate disc recovery and maintenance utility. It's really good. Maybe next time, then, I'll talk a little bit about it. I had a caller call in. Uh, the radio show with a question that I think Spinwright uh, was was perfect for. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay, cool. Today, Open ID is our topic. Now we have talked about Open ID a couple of times so far.
1: Well, we've talked about the yes about Open ID specifically, about various Open ID services, about Verisign, about the the uh, their their PIP. Program for which is in beta as an Open ID authentication or, or so-called identity providing service for Open ID and and mostly I've been jazzed about the idea that we're beginning to see some sorts of solutions you know good solutions for the problem of authentic, of, of authentication the idea being that you know the the existing model is people are having to create Usernames and passwords to identify themselves uniquely from all other users on the internet for this. You know, rapidly proliferating number of websites where people want to be, you know, participating in social networks. They want to be adding comments to blogs. They, you know, they just want to be interactive. So they used this- to call
0: the single sign-on, and that maybe is a little bit easier to understand in that context than Open
1: The idea of a single sign-on that applies to all of these sites. Right. Well, what happened was that a a recent article that was. Uh, put up a blog posting essentially um, was put up by what is arguably a competitor of open i d There is a commercial service called Credentia that is a industrial strength not free, patented eight ways from Sunday. These guys have eight patents that just lock up their technology and one of the guys that works there did a a blog posting where I mean, the guy must have done a lot of Google searching because this is a long posting full of all the horrors of OpenID. And OpenID is becoming popular enough that something like this that tends to throw a lot of water on the concept came to a lot of people's attention. Dig picked it up, and and, and it got well dug. Um, I've been bombarded with people saying, hey, Steve, you know, did you see this? Did you see this? He's like, yes, I've seen this. Well, I've since researched every single issue carefully. And I want to address this because so many of our listeners have been specifically concerned about this blog posting. But moreover, I mean, it it certainly does bring up some points that are worthy of discussion, which is why I wanted to Titled this "Open ID Precautions" as opposed to, for example, I don't know, death, end of life, nightmare. I mean, you know, huh. things well, more extreme.
0: I th- I think it's great that you have a lot of review of these kinds of things from a lot of experts. I mean, if it's a competitor, especially if it's a commercial competitor, well, you know, I have to take it with a grain of salt. But well, hey, let's okay. address these issues. I mean, I think that's, yeah, yes. that's perfectly and,
1: appropriate. And- Exactly, and there's certainly more than a grain of salt i'm I'm going to read from the talk from the top of Stefan Brands posting just to give our listeners some quick sense for his take um he says OpenID was designed as a lightweight solution for quote trivial unquote use cases in identity management its primary goal is to enable internet surfers to replace self-generated usernames and passwords by a single login credential without needing more than their browser Concretely, OpenID aims to enable individuals to post blog comments and log into social networking sites without having to remember multiple passwords. Of course, local password store utilities already do that. More on this later. And he says, beyond this, OpenID is pretty much useless. The reasons for this are many. OpenID is highly vulnerable to phishing and other attacks. Creates insurmountable privacy problems, is not a trust system, suffers from usability problems, and makes it unappealing to become an OpenID consumer. Many smart people have already elaborated on these problems in various forums. In the rest of this post, I will be quoting from and pointing to their critiques, which is what Stefan does, and he does so, um, you know, effectively because. I I don't argue with any of the things he said, except that they've really been sort of taken out of context. So so let's step through some of these issues and 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 precautions, because certainly our listeners ought to understand what's going on with OpenID. What is the downside of using it? What are the dangers and precautions? And it's also worth noting that there is some fundamental trouble because not everyone on the internet is listening to this podcast and it's as as we'll see here in a second it is easy to be unfortunately lulled into a false sense of security to believe you're getting more than you really are from OpenID and that's really the only problem i have with it so first of all we know that just to re- to recap briefly how the OpenID system works you in in wanting to identify yourself to a a website, you give that website your OpenID URL, which is what they literally look like. Is you know a a you know a, a dot separated set of tokens like a URL. So you say you know this is who I am. You submit that, and the site you're at then sends your browser through this process of redirection that we've talked about before it's sort of in the same way that buying something through PayPal redirects your browser over to PayPal where you authenticate yourself to PayPal and then you go back to where you were taking the the information um that you have, have paid along with you and then the 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 site is able to verify and so forth similarly open id the way this works is this site you want to authenticate to bounces you and your browser over to the place where you have said your open ID credentials live essentially you know the the idea is you authenticate yourself with this third party site and then, having done so, it bounces you back to the site where you wanted to log in and everything proceeds from there well, it is probably the case given that we he, here we are on episode 111 of security now and about half of our episodes have been about problems with browser security um you know and scripting and cross site scripting and 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 all these problems it's probably the case that the phrase web browser security is an oxymoron yeah
0: i mean that's that's really the ch- uh, becoming the number one vector for infection is the web browser
1: because it's it's so popular, it's the way people view the internet. And unfortunately, many of the things we want to use are inherently hard to secure, difficult to secure. And we know that security is not black and white, it's all just kind of goo. And so things that are harder to secure tend to be less secure than things that are easy. So you know, so the, the browser is an inherent problem. And unfortunately, the power of of OpenID is that it uses the browser, which we all have, and the browser experience, which we all have, to perform what what it would like to have be a lot of security. But it's using the browser, so there we are, sort of, with this conundrum that it's it's just difficult to to have a browser be secure. Now the the, the perhaps number one complaint people have with OpenID, and that's not just Stefan, but many of the links he provides, are people who, for whatever reason, are upset about OpenID. I'm I'm sort of glad they're upset because it's certainly not a problem to raise these flags and to to work to get the OpenID system bolted down tighter and to spread the news that people need to be concerned about the the security of this but for example everyone talks about phishing attacks how open id is like made for phishing attacks the reason is this whole browser redirect thing you know we know that phishing attacks are for example you get a link in your in in spam email saying click here because bank of america needs to update your your logon information when you click the link you don't go to bank of america you go to a bank of america clone site which is hoping to trick you into giving them your your bank of america logon information similarly there isn't there's clearly an inherent vulnerability with this open id approach where you are bounced to a third-party site if you are bounced to something that looks like your open id authenticator how do you know it really is well one simple thing and that is ssl secure sockets https protocol we've talked about this over and over and over about how you you can you can avoid the phishing problem by making sure you've got a secure connection the page is secure and that the the credentials um for the site match the the certificate there is there is no effective way for that to be subverted, and that one fact is never mentioned in all of these examples and and attacks on openid from a phishing standpoint because they all know if if we prevent phishing then there's no way a site can prevent can pretend to be something it's not. Well, and it's, furthermore, if SSL is
0: uh, vulnerable, then we're really in big trouble, and an open ID is the least of the problems. Well,
1: and it's not vulnerable, right, and right. and that's the point. I mean, if – but here's the problem. The onus is on the user because we know how many people get caught in phishing attacks. Right, right. And, and so so so, I mean, this is really worth making sure we understand, and that is – that because we're browser based that's convenient but it's also a problem because obviously the whole browser experience is not very secure so if if users did not verify that they were actually giving their credentials that is logging in giving their open id verification to their real provider then that absolutely could be a phishing attack where they they you know they went to um, you know us dot com that said oh give us your Open ID well that could be a, a malicious site that and, and well,
0: here's what how would this let me ask how the mechanics would work because the way I use Open ID is uh, maybe that's maybe it's more secure but you know I have as we mentioned an Open ID token on leoville.com. so I go to the flowers place and all I do is give them leoville.com.
1: Right, except okay and so you give them leoville.com they go to leoville.com oh to they get, have to spoof my
0: openid provider exactly so they would send it, me back a page not SSL encrypted that exactly. said I am verisign here give me your pip key
1: exactly yeah. this is why by and the it,
0: way the key the little key thing is great because even if I do get fished it doesn't. It's only temporary.
1: Well, that is exactly right, Leo, and that and that's a point I was going to bring up later. I'm we can sorry. Talk okay. About no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because because one time passwords solve this problem, except for that one logon. Right. That is so. So imagine that. Imagine like a super phishing server that you get sent to. Um, it knows where you are really going to be sent. It turns around and sucks down the page from your real Uh, OpenID provider on the fly, and then exactly, and then presents it to you. So that I mean, so literally, it's able to pretend to be any OpenID provider because it just grabs the page just like your browser would, then turns around and gives it to your browser. Right. So,
0: so, so let's say you don't have a, a token. So now you've given it your password. But and you say the onus is on the user to notice that you're not on an HTTPS page. Correct. Correct. You. Well, that is a flaw. I mean, a lot of users won't notice that.
1: Yes, it really is a problem. I mean, and and so so it is. It's it's really a precaution that comes along with this. Is people need to understand that, and, and I think this is people looking properly into the future. As OpenID gets more traction, as it becomes more valuable, you know, it's it's protecting not just blogging, posting, but but you know, but more and more assets, as will inevitably happen unless the whole OpenID movement collapses. Uh, at this point, there's there's more than five thousand web services now using OpenID, uh, giving users the option of using OpenID. For their authentication. So this thing, I mean, the reason there's so much fur flying here is that it is gaining traction. It's taking off. It's it's a valuable thing. The problem is we need to understand what the limitations are. You know, to be to to essentially use it responsibly. So, so we've got the the problem of the 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 fundamental problem of of using a web browser and the problem with phishing, which is. Which is truly a concern now, there's sort of an overall problem, which is not openid's fault at all, it's just it, it it comes along with the problem of identity centralization, and that is you're inherently putting a lot of trust in this this um it, well in the hands of your your identity provider. Essentially, you know, you're you're concentrating trust in a single point of failure where where if that point failed, it would be much more devastating than creating individual credentials for every site you visit, which is inherently a distributed trust model where if one password and 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 username got compromised. Well, as long as you didn't use it anywhere else you you're not vulnerable beyond that single location so so there is a problem that's inherent in the benefit i mean we want the we want centralized identity management because that's the power of this approach but inherent in that is what happens if that breaks? What happens if it fails? what happens if it gets compromised so so you want somebody you can you can trust with strong technology um, again, I think one time passwords is really the way to go for this approach um, and i've got a a fun surprise in two weeks for people because i've come up with a a free one time password system that we're going to be talking about oh, cool. um, in two weeks but um but but the one-time password solution, which you briefly mentioned, it solves the problem because your credential cannot be reused. That is, right. the, the if you were intercepted and you logged on to um, to a spoofed phishing Open ID page, well, it would get your your logon credential once, that w- but it would never be valid again. So. So some damage could be done based on where you were logging on, but it wouldn't be an epidemic of you completely having lost control of your identity. Which, which you know, frankly, if your password and username for logging on to an OpenID server were not really protected, and it did get away from you, then you then then users would be looking at having their identity lost, and we know. You know, what a problem that's been for people who have been subject, for example, to real-world identity theft. You know, it takes them years to recover.
0: Yeah, you know, it's isn't it – I guess part of it is right now we're not using it for anything really serious. I guess this becomes much more serious when we start using OpenID for banking and stuff like that. But nobody,
1: yes. nobody's yes. done that yet. Well, and you might argue, too, that maybe we never should. That is maybe Open ID needs to be uh, to to sort of be given the proper place in a hierarchy of of authentication. That is, um, and and, and well, okay, that's probably the case that we have a pyramid that there's a vast number of low value sites that we. Authenticate ourselves to like all the social networking sites and blog postings and and all that and many fewer high value sites. I would argue that it's if nothing else, it's premature at this point to trust open ID with logging in there and frankly i'd be very surprised if you see bank of america with a you know an open id logon unless there's there's backup verification of some sort to 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 lock this down and and prevent abuse so i'd be surprised if high if your very high value solutions were using and or even offering open id I, I mean it certainly makes sense as a convenience but It's it's there. There is there is this downside. Now, another aspect of identity centralization trouble is the the problem of identity server becoming unavailable. You know if you if you are trusting an open ID identity provider that is you know a, a constant victim of denial of service attacks or if they've got their own server problems or their server is overloaded or whatever, suddenly you're unable to log in to any of the sites using that identity provider. Now, the good news is, there, because the whole system is open and free, nothing says you can't have three or four identity providers. That is three or four different URLs referring to different providers and have credentials with each of them. So that, again, it's easy to have a backup to work around this problem. This is the, you know this problem is posed as, oh, my God, this is a reason why OpenID, you know, you can't rely on it. It's like, okay, well, fine, but it's easy to, to, to work around that one at least. Right. Now, another problem, and, and this, is, this is serious enough that we're going to do a podcast. Um, actually, I've got it set up for number 115, and the title is Third Parties. I mean, just this, oh, the whole problem of third-party involvement. And this is a problem from a privacy standpoint. Because if you think about it, that OpenID server knows everywhere you go and log in because you are bounced to it from the site you're logging into if it cared to do any sort of aggregation of that information it's certainly able to do so because it y- y- your browser is coming from that site and is being sent back to that site so it, it's inherent in the open ID model that that the the server you use for providing your your Um, identity credentials knows every site that you use it with wherever you go on the internet. Again, maybe that's a concern, maybe not. I'm sure this varies depending upon, you know, the sites that you're going to log into and just sort of, you know, individual users feelings about that, that kind of, of privacy issue. But again, it's something that people need to be aware of is that that, again, it's a matter of trusting this Identity provider, you really do. You really do want to have trust there. Now, one interesting problem that had never occurred to me, but I'm glad that I, you know, I looked through the, this downside of Open ID posting, and that's the idea of Open ID URL recycling. Apparently, major Open ID providers will make old URLs. Available after they've expired, after they haven't been used for some length of time, just so that, for example, you know, John Jones, uh, who once created an ID there, has the, uh, you know, if he goes away or changes providers, and the 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 site may not want John Jones' um, login to forever be unavailable. So after some length of time, a, a site can recycle john jones name making it available to someone else the problem is that's a url you know john jones dot uh myopenid.org or whatever um which is used to identify not only the new john jones but the old one so if you if if new john jones went to a site where old john jones had a, had a history maybe all of his photos uploaded or 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 what else since that's the token which is being used to identify the user there is a real reuse problem because that site unless there was a some sort of of um, you know one time number or an incrementing token or some other means for identifying the The account at the Open ID provider, other than just that Open ID URL, you'd have a serious problem of confusing the John Joneses, and old John Jones could find new John Jones having access to his internet um, assets, where he doesn't want that to be the case. Clarify for me: this is
0: because the Open ID provider maintained this account even after it was closed or more abundant.
1: Well, yes, say for example th- that we had myopenid.org was an open id provider and John Jones comes along and creates an account there. Well, then his his identification is johnjones.myopenid.org. Right. That that's the URL that he uses to identify himself to all these different sites on the net. So uh, so he then changes open id providers and creates an account somewhere else this the, the then the original open id provider myopenid.org sees that you know john, this john jones hasn't logged in or used his his identity for a year say i'm just making that up but right. for some length of time and they decide oh let's just Cancel that account. We don't want to store any more information about this. And in the process, that becomes available again. Hmm. Now a new John Jones creates an account, but his URL, JohnJones.myopenid.org, is the same as the as the other guy.
0: So how do how, how do how do OpenID uh, providers handle this right now? Do they deprecate the use of that name forever afterwards, or? Um, well,
1: you would like no one to ever be able to use the same account again. I think they need to do that. Yes, exactly. I mean, it, it really does represent a problem. And, and the, the final real issue, well, it, it's sort of another one of these, is that OpenID users would like sites to require nothing but their OpenID. That is, you know, you go to a site that says, Ah, oh, you can log in with open ID. So you put in your open ID, you'd like it to just be bang, you're done. People are complaining that they're still having to give an email address and then have an email address loop, or they're having to deal with CAPTCHAS and the traditional things. Well, the problem is open ID does not by itself solve the bot problem. Right. So so open ID solves the you know i'm i'm asserting this is who i am when I'm here and when I come back, but you still have to deal with the problem that bots can certainly have open IDs. Nothing prevents them from doing that. So the same things that, that, that are in place now using email loops where, you know, you, you give them an email address, they send you a link that you have to click on in order, in order to verify that you own that email address and authenticate yourself or CAPTCHAs that we've talked about so much. These things are still necessary, at least initially to establish a new OpenID at a given site where where you visited, which annoys people because they thought that's in, they thought incorrectly that that's what OpenID was going to solve. They were going to eliminate all of that. In fact, it doesn't. It eliminates the the notion of of needing individual decentralized authentication with individual usernames and passwords. It does not eliminate the problem of verifying that you're human as opposed to being a bot. Right. Right.
0: Well, you know yeah these are I mean on the face of it you these are obvious uh flaws there's nothing surprising here. He's not saying the underlying technology is somehow flawed. these are just potential uh Im- i guess they're almost implementation issues more well, than
1: it's why I, it's it's why I think the the proper name for this episode is openid precautions right you know they're 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 issues that openid users should be aware of. um I regard this whole technology as still immature it's got a ways to go that you know the open id spec has been moving through versions there's a 2.0 on the way um, and it's it's been through several 1.x versions Um, it i think there's clearly a place for it but like everything else in security and the technology of the internet we want to make sure that it's it's understood that is that the, the things it offers are understood and the limitations and right. vulnerabilities are understood. Right. And certainly it's the case that, that unaware users could be bitten by this simply because due to the fact that it is web centric, there are too many ways to fool people who are using browsers on the web right. and an open ID, you know, Again, because it, it uses this technology, it's, it's potentially um, prone to be a victim. I'm sure you'll put a link to the
0: uh, Credentia blog posting uh, on your uh, show notes.
1: Yeah, so I, in fact, I've got a whole series of links of, of, of this stuff for people who are curious to, prefer, to perform some further research. Yeah. Uh, and before we wrap up, I do want to remind people that the nerds on
0: site are there and they're everywhere. In fact, they just told me that the Singapore office is now open and running full bore. That makes eight countries where you can be a nerd. Nerds on site at com is a growing and really useful service for people who are in the IT professions. You keep your business, but the nerds help you. They help you get business. They help you run your business. And if you're in Canada, the U.S., Mexico, England, Australia, South Africa, Bolivia, or now Singapore, Nerds on site wants you to check them out with a... Uh, a free nerds-only meeting in your area today. Just go to www.IWantToBeANerd.com. You can find out all about it. By the way, Nerds on Site is an authorized Astaro solution provider. You heard me talk about the Astaro Security Gateway. So you can you know, add this to your business. All Astaro products and services are available through Nerds on Site. You can get an introduction to Astaro and a full line of UTM solutions. I mean, So this really, that's one of the many things you get. In fact, there's free a Astaro certified administrator and a starro certified engineer training for nerds um, because the nerds realize that security gateways are going to be as ubiquitous as routers any day now. They, they really want you to be up to speed on that. And this is the advantage of being part of this great team. You're an independent contractor, but you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And that's the key. You focus on what you love, not the burdens of running a business. Learn more about what you love. Get help from other nerds. Join a great and growing team. you want to find out more, visit IWantToBeANerd.com. I want to be a nerd dot com. We do thank the folks at Nerds on site for their support of Security Now. So GRC.com is the place to go for Steve's website. And that's where you'll find the show notes. That's where you'll find links to a sixteen kilobit version, all the links that we talked about. Uh, and, and transcripts, too, so you kind of read along. And a lot of times I think we get, we get so media on these that it's useful to have a transcript to, get the, to
1: tease the details out. Oh, yeah. A lot of people really rely on the transcript yeah. in order to kind of go over it at their own speed. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So all of that is available uh, at SecurityNow's website, grc.com slash security now. By the way, Steve also at that site has, a, I don't know, more than a dozen free security utilities, including the world-famous Shields Up to Test Your Firewall. Uh, it's just a really useful site that you ought to know about. Um, GRC.com. And, of course, that's where you'll find Spinrite. He doesn't want to talk about it, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's the world's <laughs> finest disc recovery and maintenance utility. If you're not using SpinWrite, you're missing out. And nerds, by the way, also get a Spinrite license, which is kind of nice. GRC.com. So next week, Steve, we've got a Q&A section. Yep. And lots of great questions. If people want to add their questions to the mix, how do they do that?
1: Um, they can just go to grc.com/feedback, and that, that gives them a form where they can submit questions that come directly to me. Good. Well, thanks for this
0: update on OpenID. I'm still going to use it, but I'm going to make sure that I w- pay attention that the you know SSL is turned on when I use when I enter my password. That you should do that anywhere you enter your password. I guess get you in the ab- habit of it. That.
1: Absolutely, that's a habit you want. Yeah. And and really, if you do that, all of this other stuff. Is it just falls away? That's away, yeah. you know that really is the only the only real problem is I mean the major problem is phishing and the rest are just sort of you know, well the, the, the that we talked about are inherent aspects of the benefit of concentrating your authentication with a single provider. I would just say you want to choose that provider well. Well, and that's the balance. So, you know, again, yep. convenience versus
0: security. Yep. Sure, the best thing would be to have a sixty-four uh, byte completely r- random <laughs> numbers letters and punctuation password for every site you visit i'm sorry i ain't gonna do that <laughs> and yep. and for most people the alternative is far less secure they use one password for all sites One right. easy to remember password for all sites and i don't think anybody would deny that that is a bad idea all right we're gonna wrap this thing up thank you steve we'll see you next week on security now
1: security now